You are listening to Living with ADHD and CPTSD, available on Apple Podcasts and other podcast platforms. and welcome to another episode of Living with ADHD and CPTSD. Today's episode is going to be a CPTSD episode, of course, and I am going to talk about my experiences of CPTSD, just how difficult CPTSD is in my life. All right, so CPTSD is the following. When you experience trauma repeatedly during your childhood years from someone you love, rely on you to raise you and make sure you stay safe and are healthy while growing up. They either intentionally or unintentionally neglect you, abuse you, take advantage of your childhood, threaten your very existence, and fail to give you the care and nurturing a child requires because you are not capable of surviving on your own without it. You then experience flashbacks later on in your life. Your child parts are triggered and you re-experience the trauma from your past. Your child parts believe that they are in time and place when in reality they are not. The parts are from your past and are thinking you, they are currently the age that they were born at. My trauma came from when I was a very young child. And my father, who has a short temper and can be very angry and verbally abusive, would repeatedly discipline me in a very aggressive manner basically spanking. And this caused me to become very terrified of being disciplined. So my ports were born to protect me, to try and do everything that they could possibly do to avoid the actions from my father in the future. I often would do things that children do, like misbehave, wreck stuff, get into trouble at school or at home. I feared the wrath from my father whenever I would get into trouble, so my parts were born in order to stop it from happening. Often it didn't always work because I was being a child and I didn't have very much experience or the intelligence to be successful at avoiding it, but it would happen. I would often lie when questioned about things because I realized that being truthful would not make any difference and would try to find the best excuse or story to avoid getting into trouble. The reason that I developed CPTSD was mostly due to the ADHD that I had when I was a child. I did not have the proper brain function that a regular child at the age of six would have, and therefore I would misbehave at school. In school, I always would have a lack of focus, poor impulse control, the inability to know what to say, and I always needed to give my opinion. I was bullied at school, so I became afraid of social outings and never had any friends. When I was in school, very few people were wanting to be friends with me because of my ADHD. I was often very immature and misbehaved due to my brain not developing at the same rate as my classmates. So my teachers misunderstood me and thought I was just a bad kid who couldn't sit and pay attention. I often became bored and would quickly lose interest in school. This soon turned into my classmates thinking that I was just trouble, stupid, immature, mean, selfish, rude, and inconsiderate. So they did not want to be friends with me 
but kids being as they are would make fun of me, treat me bad, tease, and insult me. When I entered high school, there was a group of kids who were all really good friends and found that I was the one to pick on because I was stubborn and would not back down. They often made fun of me, played games, lied to me, publicly embarrassed me in front of a girl once at school who I really liked. They would try to pick fights and get me into trouble. Or try to get me into trouble. I was always looked at by my classmates as smug and selfish and a loser. I didn't have friends when I worked because I was too scared to put myself out there out of fear of being rejected, made fun of, laughed at, and ridiculed for my ADHD behaviors and symptoms. I often had relationships that were not healthy when I was older and partners that were abusive and took advantage of me and they mistreated and me and caused further damage. So all this prevented me from developing fully functional social skills and abilities that are important today. So I'll tell you about the, the one time I was talking about earlier about the group that publicly embarrassed me in front of a girl at school. I was friends with this girl. She was a, an attractive, tall, blonde girl. She was the same age as me. And we were friends. And we used to often talk at the end of the day while she was waiting to get picked up. And we had a lot of things in common. And we had a, we had a fun time. I, I was never really thinking about dating her. But that's because I just wasn't interested in dating and out of fear. And some of these guys got wind of it and decided to play a trick on me so one of them wrote a letter pretending to be this girl and put it into my locker and made it sound like she was really interested in me and wanted to you know date me blah 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 and so i fell hook line and sinker for this and wrote a letter back and stuck it in her locker and was all excited and then I found out not long before she was actually seeing the letter that it was written by one of the guys who was just trying to play a joke on me and wanted to embarrass me. And of course, I wasn't able to get the letter and she found it and read it. And basically, I felt so embarrassed and so ridiculed in front of everybody that I... I couldn't trust them and I had a hard time trusting a lot of people after that because I was afraid that people were just going to make fun of me and didn't really want to be friends. They were just trying to play games and mess around with my head. So that was definitely one of the really worst times in high school that I ever experienced. It was not fun, I can tell you that. I, you know, it's a lesson learned, but at the same time, it really makes a kid learn that people can't be trusted and you don't just grow out of that it sticks with you for a very very long time and you either have to learn that they're just being jerks and they don't really know what they're doing but it still sticks with you and it's still very hurtful okay so even today, as an adult, I repeatedly, I repeatedly suffer from fear of rejection, always having my child parts come online and getting defensive, lying, and becoming triggered, heightened, and not having the ability to communicate thoroughly, always making mistakes and forgetting what to say, and not having the courage to speak up and say what was necessary. 
I would always avoid any kind of conflict in life because I was afraid of being rejected, laughed at, tossed away. Anytime someone would get angry at me, even if it was the smallest thing, I would get triggered and be blended with my child parts. I was not able to be honest with people, would unconsciously say anything to avoid making someone get upset at me out of fear of being laughed at or rejected or abandoned. My major fears during the time and still today for the most part are fears of abandonment, being hurt, lied to, cheated on, made fun of, and, th and people thinking that I am stupid and slow. The biggest issues that happen today with my CPTSD is fear of being abandoned by loved ones. Past events in my life created those child parts and they protect the adult when they experience flashbacks to times in my life when I was ridiculed, hated, mistreated, and cheated on. So my parts were are very quick to come online and become blended with the adult. I become very blended with my parts. I believe what my parts are experiencing and feeling. They are able to make the adult feel and express in childlike behaviors to people instead of acting like an adult. My child parts currently, for the most part, do not trust the adult because the adult is afraid of processing. In order to update and gain my parts trust, I need to repeatedly every day process and try to update those child parts. But my parts are not trusting me as the adult because they do not take care of the parts like they should be taken care of. They have no reason to trust me because the adult is getting gets triggered by a part who thinks that processing is dangerous and thinks it is way easier to just dissociate because feeling the flashback from the trauma is just way too much for the adult to handle. It's very true. I often, when I'm trying to process, get easily discouraged and I find that it's too difficult and my parts then, of course, are, are blended with the adult and would rather do something like watch TV or grab a bag of chips and eat them all. Uh, you know, do something that would avoid the pain and the feelings that I would get from experiencing the hurt and all the, you know, the things that you would feel when you're processing and, and learning or listening to your parts. All right. I have learned that I do a lot of dissociating instead of facing the fears and emotions that my parts are often feeling and trying to express to the adult. Earlier in my life, I would often dissociate at the earliest signs of feelings of any sort of triggering event, like looking at my bank account, facing confrontation, or a difficult situation involving family, a loved one, or an employer. The adult is often blended with those child parts and believed that life was too dangerous and would just associate instead of actually working with those parts. The adult would also eventually force his way through the trigger and make himself do the terrifying event, despite the warnings and fears of his child parts. This is more harmful because it can cause the parts to become even more terrified and make it even harder to trust the adult. Much of my life as an adult has been very hard when it comes to any sort of uncomfortable, difficult situations or issues, such as illness, health issues, work issues, money issues, family issues, death, confrontation, love, sex, father-related confrontations, dating, unexpected new traumas like accidents, bad, ugly, terrifying, and mean traumatizing events. I have a lot of child parts who find that thinking or, exp or experiencing or seeing other people 
day. Being ill or having health issues is dangerous and unsafe and will often become triggering and I get blended with my parts and avoid the situations. So it probably leads to me not wanting to be the responsible adult and do what is right in the moment. Instead, I would become triggered or that's what would likely happen. Um, I a lot of times would, or, and I still do sometimes, is avoid any sort of difficult work-related problems or issues because it would be, again, a fear of being rejected or in work-related being fired. Because even if you, like, I, there'd be meetings, like one-on-one meetings, and even though as the adult I knew that there was nothing wrong and I hadn't done anything bad, there was always that little inner fear that a child part would have that there something would be wrong. There'd be something bad that'd be discussed and it would be bad for me. And ultimately I could get fired. And it didn't matter. Even if it was if I knew a hundred percent as the adult that it was gonna be a good meeting and it was gonna be nothing but praise, there was always be that that fear in the back of my mind from a child part. And that was super frustrating and very stressful. And I really didn't know what to do. But keep in mind, that was before I knew that I had CPTSD. Um, I have always had money issues. Um, I always thought that I'd be broke. I wouldn't have money to pay bills, to buy things. Uh, I'd be homeless on the street. Um, I, I, you know, I fear that I wouldn't be able to keep a job. And that you know that in my earlier in my adult years that that seemed to be the case like there were a few times that i did get fired from my job because i was not being good enough i was not adequate enough to do the to do the work but for the most part that doesn't really happen now although there there are situations and i like i am doing a lot better when it comes to money but there are still times that it gets i get triggered quickly if something complicated or something that I don't understand comes up and then I often you know make up excuses or I'm lying because my parts are scared and I and I become blended with them I definitely am afraid of death Um, I have a child part who is based on that he's he's afraid of time he thinks that time goes super fast and that because of the fact that, and we all experience it, obviously that time, it's like you feel like you're going through year after year, just like that, like in a split second, like the snap of your finger, you're already going from one birthday to the next or one Christmas to the next. I developed a really bad fear of death and dying and it still, for the most part, affects me today. And it is something that I've had a difficult time working with, with my child parts who are the ones that have this fear. And it's simply because I'm just not ready yet to to deal with it. I'm not experienced enough and I don't have enough trust with my parts to be able to do it properly and to gain the trust so that the fear of death is not as strong as it, as it is now. It's very difficult. It, it, it's very stressful because it can take any little thing to trigger me um movies with death um like celebrities dying and even sometimes like significant 
events like a New Year's party or gathering with a family that's been an amazing time and it ends, it can trigger me into feeling this uh, part come up. Now, I do often feel afraid to have confrontation because I it is a fear of rejection and being laughed at or hated and I don't like being rejected. I don't want to be alone. And so my parts are often triggered and I'm blended with them whenever a confrontation occurs. And I am working on it. I have been trying to process with my parts on confrontation. And sometimes I do good and sometimes it doesn't really work all that well. And it is a, it is definitely a struggle. Love and sex. Well, I've had a great difficulty with this because again, the whole fear of rejection uh, from messing up or not being good enough plays into the part. And it often nowadays it's just so strong with my child parts and I become so blended that it's almost like just not bothering and not trying because of the fear is so strong. And I do, I do know that I have to do a lot of work in order to get over that. It, it, I'm sure you people out there, you know how, how strong this can be and how fearful and scary it can be, especially to, you know, if you're in a new relationship and, and you want to be intimate, the fear of, of screwing up and pissing off your partner is very strong and it can often stop you from even trying. Um, dating is the same, you know, like the fear of rejection. A lot of this, to be honest, is rejection fear. Um, you're scared of being hurt and being told that you're not good enough. And it often leads to just not even trying anymore. Because, you, well, thankfully, I don't have to worry about dating rate at this point in my life. And hopefully I never have to. But it was often strong, a uh, very ch strong child part that would, you know, get in the way of, of having successful dates because I was so scared of messing up and I wouldn't know what to do, right? So just one of those things. And, um, yeah, I... It is, it is easier today, but it's still very difficult at times to handle. Okay, I'm going to take a quick break, and then when I come back, I will continue with this episode. All right, everybody, talk to you soon. Welcome back to Living with ADHD and CPTSD. Today is a CPTSD, CPTSD episode. I'm just discussing about how difficult CPTSD is in life, for me especially. All right, continuing. I do have a part that constantly wishes I could go back to my childhood years so that I could experience what a normal childhood was like. Because for the most part, I did not have a typical life as a child. I didn't have friends, I didn't go to birthday parties, I didn't get to hang out with classmates after school, I never dated anyone in school because none of the girls were interested in a guy like me who had a reputation as a moron and as a difficult person. I developed this inability to trust anyone by the time I left school. 
I didn't think that anyone in the world would really treat me fairly and give me a chance, so I always made the first move. I was so scared of being rejected and abandoned that I would immediately say no to any sort of school event, avoid crowds if I knew that someone fun or cool was or something fun or cool was being planned, because I immediately knew that they wouldn't want to have me involved. I got to the point where I would just become antisocial and quickly developed parts that always found new places and new environments triggering. And this would cause me to become awkward, scared, miserable, lonely, and wanting to go home or not go out at all. I stopped trying to make friends. I never dated, or I never tried to date, although occasionally I would attempt to meet women who I thought I could get to know just to repeatedly be shot down and rejected and therefore creating more and more distrust with people and social situations. I never gave up because I was not a quitter, which has good and bad things, unfortunately, because if you don't quit, you, you know, well, there's nothing wrong with not quitting. It's just that if you do quit, then often, and especially in the in that day, people always thought quitters were just, you know, it wasn't a good thing to quit. You always had to try. You always had to keep going. Always had to push, and that was in itself, you know, difficult to deal with, especially from a father who, you know, didn't want me to be a quitter. Yeah, I did not have any self-esteem when I was in my teenage years, and then into my early adult years as well. I never thought I was an attractive man. I did not like myself. I didn't like how I looked or how I talked. I didn't like having my photo taken because it was too painful to look at, even if others didn't think so, which is really ridiculous when you think about it today. I got to a point in my life where I loathed attention. Being recognized for doing something that I deserved or a reward, I would shy away. Didn't want to partake in events, and if I had no choice, then I would often be quiet and try to avoid getting involved instead of having to be forced into a group or with people I had no desire to be around. I was awkward, miserable, frustrating, and scared. Today, I often struggle with communication due to fear of rejection and anger and humiliation. I still have difficulties getting involved in activities with strangers or coworkers. My relationship today is having issues because my parts are always getting triggered and then they get defensive and are prone to lying in order to protect the adult. The parts believe that I am always in danger. They think that I am not able to know the right things to do when it comes to pretty much anything that I am not familiar with. And I've, I have to be honest, I, for the most part, due to my ADHD and my trauma and experiences in my childhood, did leave or did lead a pretty sheltered life. I didn't really move out until I was 32 because the timing just wasn't right. I didn't exactly have a lot of money to save up to move out and I just didn't feel ready. Um, I was behind and I have to admit there was a lot of fear involved just in leaving so eventually I did want to move out it's not like I, I wanted to live at home for my whole life I did want to move out it's just that the timing had to be perfect okay <sighs> 
All right. Um, I often dissociate because my child parts are so traumatized by a large part of my life that they typically find any sort of tense situation in my life too overwhelming and therefore do not want to deal with it. And they also do not trust that the adult can show them that the world is a safe place and that he can take care of them. I am often triggered when intimate situations arise. I fear that I will fail immediately. They believe that I am not capable of showing emotion or being vulnerable. They are afraid of ultimately being rejected that they, and that they find it easier just to avoid any possible situations in order to be safe and protect the adult. I find myself often lost in conversations due to being blended with my child parts. I have a difficult time focusing and being attentive that people in my life think I am not caring, being selfish, bored, and lazy. So often they are frustrated with me and get angry, and they are not friends for very long. Because of this, I get triggered and blended with my parts, and they think that trying to create new friends and get to know people is too difficult and scary, and I won't try because I am blended. CPTSD is extremely harsh, unfair, traumatizing, scary, and creates so much pain and fear for a person. My life is difficult, scary, confusing, triggering, and is so frustrating. My parts are always being triggered by my flashbacks, and because they are so intense and, inc and occur so often that the adult usually is blended immediately with those parts and are not able to properly unblend and do the processing, because parts think it is too scary to process and the, and the adult believes the part. I am a lot better since I first learned that I have CPTSD. I do not get blended and triggered as often as I do, and when it does happen, I am more able to unblend from my parts. It's just that doing the four-step process has become a difficult task because parts are making me think that processing is too scary. My girlfriend has put up with a hell of a lot for me and my child parts. The triggers, the fights, the defending, the lying, the manipulating. I understand a lot about CPTSD, but yet still understand so little. Improvement is slow and difficult despite making quick progress. Having faith in the process and doing the work by, is by no means easy. I just have to keep battling on and do the work. Processing multiple times a day, processing every day, doing the work, making the mistakes, owning my disability, owning my triggers, being honest, listening, and express gratitude to those who deal with the shit I put them through all the time is very important. And anybody who is listening to this needs to be honest with themselves and own up to their disability and this mental illness. Don't pretend and don't think that everything is fine and hide behind the shadows or some tree or something you know you, you know what i mean I, it's just a metaphor but you gotta own up to it and be real knowing that you need to there are a lot of a lot of work to do in order to heal just let's just get this straight life will get easier eventually but it's by no means an easy road to get there I I go through a lot in a day. Like I know I sound really knowledgeable and brave and super able to communicate all my thoughts and feelings to you guys out in the audience. But daily it can be a struggle. I my ADHD and my CPTSD they're like total opposites 
and they're also like best friends, but they're also like worst enemies. I know that that may sound confusing, but it's true. They, my ADHD gets in the way and my parts often get triggered because they don't trust the adult. I have been doing a lot of work, but you always learn something every so often and often daily I learn something new. I don't fully understand what's going on, but having someone who's very knowledgeable when it comes to CPTSD is extremely helpful in my life because I, I'm not exactly in a, in a place that I can just go to a therapist every week. And I do get time during the year where I can go every two weeks and, and see a therapist and do the work and I get to talk about my issues. And I'm also trying to talk about two things. It's not just CPTSD that I discuss with my therapist. I also discuss my ADHD because they both mix. One comes after the other and vice versa. If I didn't have ADHD, it would probably be a lot easier to handle the CPTSD and do the work and properly heal. But because I have such a hard time focusing and paying attention and I often get distracted, uh, among all the other things, there's a lot of different problems that occur because of ADHD and it it is, to be honest, what created a lot of my CPTSD parts because I was so difficult and so hard. I, I was behind right from the beginning, right? I didn't develop in the same pace as the other kids did when I was in school. I had a teacher in grade one that believed that I was difficult and didn't pay attention, was bored often, you know, was wasn't was was constantly lying um didn't get along with other kids uh i misbehaved often and the funny thing is is nobody back then and this is 1984 nobody back then really understood what c uh sorry what adhd was and my parents didn't know enough to think of even going to the doctor and trying to get me diagnosed they just thought it was like I was just bored or I was you know just a troublemaker or and I needed better discipline like my dad and mom often argued and fought over discipline techniques and my dad wanted to be the one that was very strict and very disciplined and my mom was the one that was relaxed and didn't want to so it was confusing just from the get-go and it never was easy like even when i grew up and i was too big right like you, you know you're as a kid you're often able to be manhandled and my father could easily do that and there was just no way of getting away and i was so freaking scared of being disciplined by him that it was very traumatizing and extremely scary i didn't like it i you know who would but that was back in the day before corporal punishment was considered taboo and a no-no and nobody ever thought of reporting a parent for spanking their child and it's not like and here's the thing it's not like i it was like 
why you little kid and and i know i'm i'm not exactly speaking like a like a real parent who's angry at their kid but my dad wouldn't just you know flip me over and give me one spanking on the on the butt it was like he would literally expose it and hit me multiple times and it was hard too and no wonder you would get traumatized you know you didn't want to have that and you wanted to avoid it at all costs but the problem is that being a child you're very limited in your knowledge and knowing how to avoid it and you're a kid kids get into mischief kids do things that can be you know, it gets you in trouble. And you're not, it's not like you're always doing it on purpose. You're just a kid. And I'm sure as, as for most of us, as a kid, we got into trouble. We did things that we didn't know was, was wrong, or we didn't know any better. But I, I was always super scared of being disciplined by my father, even when I was older. When spanking was no longer possible, there was threats. There was, you know, violence threats and there was verbal threats. And it was super scary and very traumatizing to the point that even as an adult today, and and you're talking about a 43-year-old man being scared of his, of his 75-year-old father, because or 76 year old father whatever because of the fact that it's he's so traumatized by his father uh, for from discipline that he can't stand up to his father a person who doesn't even have the strength to do anything you know and if i really wanted to i could defend myself but i'm still traumatized it's freaking scary i tell you and and then growing up having to deal with constant bullying at school it it was it was the worst you know i i hated going to school i always had to deal with these with these guys and and it started from like i think grade four grade four onwards and the worst part is is i had a teacher in grade six who was you know he was mean he and he was the, the stunt he pulled, he would never get away with today. He would have been fired on the spot if this had happened today. I got into trouble one day, and I don't remember what I did because that was a long time ago. But he, I remember before I got sent to the principal's office, he, in front of the entire class, made fun of me. He said that, you know, and he was telling it to everybody, you know, Bob Hope? Well, you're his cousin, no hope. Because he thought that I was hopeless, that I had no chance. I was going to be a failure. I was going to be a nothing. And the kids, of course, thought this was hilarious. So they're laughing and making fun of me. And, of course, I am just absolutely horrified and embarrassed in front of all my schoolmates. And I was it was so embarrassing that I didn't even tell my father. And to be honest, it's a good thing I didn't. Because when I did finally tell him, he was so upset and so angry he was i remember him saying that he would have gone to the to the school immediately and he would have tore a strip off his ass blah 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 you know he would have it it could have been ugly because that's the kind of things that he does so maybe someday i will give you some more information about who my the way my father is 
and you'll understand. Like he gets upset at the cable company if they overcharge him or if he thinks that that they've been they haven't been treating him fairly. He gets super angry and he gets loud and he swears and you can hear it in his voice, the intensity. And that's just the way he is. And it's scary. Like I think anybody who had a father with that kind of a temper and that aggressiveness when he gets angry would feel that way. They'd be traumatized by that. But like I said, I said this in another episode already. He wasn't a bad person. He wasn't physically abusive. Like he didn't hit me or or beat me up or drink and get, you know, ridiculous. And he wasn't insulting. He wouldn't call me names or put me down or neglect me or anything. It wasn't like that. He was a good father. He, you know, he took care of me. He gave me what I needed. He, he raised me properly and I was fed and clothed and I had a place to live and I was loved. It's just, he had a really bad temper and likely he probably had his own trauma from childhood that came out when, when I got triggered or when I messed up. So there's a deeper story within that, but enough about that. Um, yeah, I, I just had, I had an unfortunate childhood because I grew up being afraid, being afraid of making mistakes, of messing up, doing the wrong thing, which ended up making me afraid of trying. I didn't want to try to have friends. I didn't want to try because I was too afraid of making mistakes and then being laughed at or being told, no, you're an idiot, go away. So I just gave up. I literally just didn't try. And yeah, it stopped me from doing things like dating and having really good friends. Like I did have a couple that didn't go to my school. And unfortunately, I'm not friends with them anymore just because we just went our natural way. But I, yeah, I don't really have much experience in life when it comes to a lot of things because I just was scared. I I had too many child parts that were get triggered and blended with me. And I know I often say I, like as in the adult, but the reality of this is that it was parts that are feeling these feelings and that are experiencing these triggers and these traumatic events. And it's the adult that is being blended and believing these parts and thinking that this is true instead of being able to step back and go, okay, this is from the past. This isn't today. This isn't real. And I can protect those parts and make them safe. That's the part today that I have to be better at. I have to be better at understanding where the parts are coming from and to be able to do the four-step process. It's a struggle, I have to admit. And like I said earlier in the episode, having a part that thinks that processing is scary is extremely difficult in accomplishing my goal of updating and trust and getting my parts to trust the adult. I have to get the part who believes that processing is dangerous and scary to feel and believe that it's not dangerous anymore, that I can do this and that it is a good thing. Because once I can get that part to trust me and allow me to do processing without feeling overwhelmed and get scared and triggered, then I can start to make more progress and start to heal. 
And healing is the main thing that we all need to do, right? And, and if we can't do that, then we can't get any progress and start to move past these traumatic past events that, are, that has made our lives very difficult to live. You just got to trust yourself. <laughs> I know that's kind of ironic, but it is the truth. You have to... You have to own up to everything. You have to own up to the fact that you get triggered and that you have parts and that you get traumatized. And for myself, I have to own up that I often get triggered and become defensive and that my parts lie in order to protect me. And it's dangerous, though, in reality, because it's creating nothing but stress and grief and causing problems within my relationships and in my past relationships it did as well but at the same time i have made so much progress because i do have someone in my life who believes in me and is willing to go through this as long as i am continuing to make progress in my life and get closer to healing and being less triggered and less traumatized she's there with me through thick and thin and I often do feel bad about it because I know that I'm struggling. I know that this is difficult. I never thought or imagined that it would be an easy thing to do. That's the one thing I got you to understand is I never thought, thought it would be easy. But some days it can be overwhelming, especially when it's repeated triggers and you spend much of the day feeling traumatized and blended with your adult parts or with your child parts, excuse me. You just have to do the work and know that you're going to have setbacks and that it's going to be a lot of hard work in order to get there. I don't have any regrets. I'm, for the most part, happy, but I do have a lot of problems that are not my fault and I but my thing is that I have to stop using them as excuses in my life and and I need to own up to these uh, the reality that I have parts that are often getting triggered and are creating grief and frustration for multiple people and if I can do that and I can take this seriously or more serious than I have been, then I will be able to make great strides in healing and become a better, more functional adult. It's, yeah, it's one of those things that, that we all who have CPTSD will go through. Some of us have it worse than others. We're not all the same. Um, every person's situation is unique. Some have gone through some pretty horrific, disastrous, and terrible things in their life. And then some of us, not as bad, but it's still traumatizing to us. Nobody is any better off or any less um, serious. It's just everybody has unique stories in their life that are trauma-related and create flashbacks in our lives. I know what I need to do. I need to 
admit to myself that this is going to take a lot of work and I have to do the work. I have to do multiple days of processing and listening to my parts and trying to get their trust and update them so that I can heal and that the adult can be in control more often when a difficult situation occurs that typically would create a flashback and have the adult blended with the parts. The more I can get there and the more work I do and the more success that I have, the healthier that I'll be, the better my relationship will be. And at the same time, the easier it will be for me to be in social situations and not feel awkward and triggered as much as I have been in the past. We're all unique and we're all different, but we do have the same problem or not, not problem, excuse me, sorry. I apologize for that. We all have the same mental illness and disabilities that affect our lives on a daily basis. But we are all strong and we are all in this together, folks. I know sometimes it can feel difficult and very painful and extremely hard and we want to just hide and dissociate or try and just not face the day but the truth is, is we're not alone you as the audience you're not alone in this you have a therapist well at least i hope you do you do have friends you do have your family you do have loved ones um it's sure it's gonna be a lot of hard work but it's gonna pay off and you will heal from this I know I've got a long way to go. I am by no means done with this work. I've only been doing it for a year and a half, maybe two years, and I have made a lot of progress, but I have had a lot of help. And I know that not everybody is that fortunate. And some people just don't get very far before it's too late. And they, well, we know what can happen. And I, hope that doesn't occur in you know the daily life but sometimes it can be too much i'm a very strong individual but i'm also very stubborn and i can be difficult but it's just because of my past trauma and my flashbacks i am working on so that it doesn't occur someday it will get there Okay, everybody. Well, that's this day's episode. I hope you did enjoy listening to this, and I hope you got a lot of good information and helpful advice. Stay strong. Don't be afraid. Do the work. Your parts are here to help you. Give them compassion. Love them. Treat them with respect. Be their parent. Give them what they didn't get in your past that created the trauma. Be their adult. Love them. Show them the way to true healing. Okay. All right. Well, I'm on Twitter, of course, is at ADHD and CPTSD. My website is www.livingwithadhdandcptsd.ca. Uh, I'm on Facebook. You can check me out there. Uh, I do plan on having 
by episodes on YouTube as well in the very near future. And I am now on Patreon. So if you do want to support me, uh, I do not have the ability to monetize because I am in Canada. Unlike in the U.S. where we can earn money and get monetizing for our episodes, I do not have that ability. So you can go to Patreon and look me up. It is Living with ADHD and CPTSD. If you wish to support me, I would be very grateful. And I do have... I'm just starting out, so it's going to take a little bit of time to get things really moving there. Okay. All right, everybody. This was a good episode. Um, I hope this was very educational for a lot of you. Okay, everybody. Have a good week, and I will talk to you next Friday and Saturday. Bye, everybody.